0: All right, thanks everybody for tuning in to the Sure Thing. Sure Thing here on this Thursday. We don't have really any picks for you, but we we'll are back. A couple of big stories to talk about. And we were planning on doing this on uh, today anyways. But then with the news of Jason Witten, we were going to talk college basketball. But now we will talk Witten with some college basketball. And we will uh, do that. Uh, I'm Warren. He's Ryan. We're on Sunday nights, Talk Radio 1190, from seven to eight PM. Go rate, review, and subscribe us. You can find us where all the podcasts may be found. Search the Shore Thing. That's S E H O R R. So do that. Tell a friend. Do all that. Good stuff for us. Well, Ryan, we got big news about an hour or about an hour ago. We're recording this just before one o'clock on Thursday, the last day of February, and Jason Witten coming back to the Cowboys one year three and a half million dollar deal so uh, I was uh, I was I was curious what he was gonna be uh, getting paid because I think he was getting paid around four million to be in TV maybe somewhere around that and he's back and I was stunned I don't know what you're – I think you're you were pretty stunned when you first heard this.
1: Yeah, I definitely was. Um, I didn't see this coming at all. I think if it was going to happen, it was going to happen during the season last year. Um, and even that, I thought was it was a long shot because he wanted to prove himself in the booth, and he did prove himself in the booth. But I think it was in the opposite direction of what he actually wanted to do. Um, as soon as I saw it, I was you know sitting here in my studio and and happened to look over and saw Adam Schefter on the screen saying you know he's coming back, which. Um, uh, just kind of the, uh, you know, general kind of just, you know, a snapshot of what I've been seeing from Cowboys fans on, on social media, various social media sites. A lot of them are excited about this and... I'm not quite sure why. I think it's because it's the name Jason Witten. But I mean, we've we've said before he's the human refrigerator with arms catches the ball, falls down. I mean, the guy's reliable. He could really couldn't get any separation in 2017 uh, from from defenders. So I don't I don't think that usually gets better the better you, or the older you get. So we'll see how it works out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was absolutely shocked when when I heard this. Yeah,
0: I. Uh... I well, this this obviously proves the rumors that were correct that said he wanted to come back in the middle of the season last year, um, and I don't I don't discredit that. I almost think that he got like we're kind of seeing it now. Like people are forcing Dirk to retire. I think this year I don't think Dirk wants to retire. We can get him that on Sunday. I don't think he wants to retire. I know that this was the plan for him to kind of call it this year. I think he wants to play next year. People were kind of like forcing Witten. I don't want to say forcing him to retire last year, but it was the whole Romo after the first year in the booth. Oh, ESPN, we'll just get who was who was Witten's who who was Romo's best friend on the Cowboys. Oh, it was Witten. Romo was so good in the booth. We'll have to get Witten in the booth. He, there's no way he could be. He he won't. He might not be as good as Romo, but he can't be that bad. So we'll give him in the booth. And Witten and and Witten, I don't think really saw direct the. Like the direction the Cowboys were going in after the season they had in 2017 where they missed the playoffs. And then now he was in the booth where he was just, I mean, getting absolutely ridiculed every single week. And usually, I would say people people were hard on him, obviously, at the beginning. But I, I really do think people were willing to see how he grows in the broadcasting role.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there was only really one way to go for sure. Uh, but he after not- his first year, and, and you know, it is his first year, and it's it was a rough go at it. Um, but it was just you know, and he tried to have some fun with it when he said pull a rabbit out of his head and all that stuff. You know, he tried to make some have some fun with it, but it got to the point where he was going to have to be doing that every Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon, uh, making fun of himself for saying something you know, kind of boneheaded or or, or misspeaking. Um, what was the other one he said? He said something about. Something like a foot I or a, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember, but I, you I know. honestly stopped watching
0: the games with sound on. Harder, not even that. Man. I well, I mean, I was mainly playing video games Monday <laughs> night football, so I was having the sound on that. But seriously, like, and I usually like if you're a fine broadcast, I won't. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, I don't really think. I guess I I just want a quality broadcast, and they never set them up to be to succeed in the booth with booger. And Joe Tessitore and them, like, always, him and Booger always disagreeing. And then Booger on the field, like, that never worked out. Like, the booth was set up to fail to begin with. So ESPN deserves blame in how Jason Witten was as a broadcaster. But Jason Witten also was not very good as a broadcaster with, with what he was producing content-wise. Like, he, when you're a broadcaster, you have to show personality. He just wanted to talk X and, X's and O's, and you can't do that. You have to show a little more than that. And I still was very curious why they brought him into the booth, but he just never wanted to show any personality. He was afraid to, like, show himself off of, like, hey, I'm a funny guy and this and that. Like, he just was – his guard never – he never let his guard down, I guess, if you could say. He never let himself be himself. And I Or felt- maybe
1: he did. Maybe that's exactly who he was. I mean, we saw that through his whole but, career. He kind of had the same robotic answers. And, uh, you know, as much as but, he is beloved across Dallas – for you know things he's done on and off the field i just don't think he has one of these beaming personalities that we've seen with romo and other guys in the booth
0: agreed and i don't i never thought he had a beaming person he had a show on the ticket with bad radio for so long and they i still go back to this they asked him what his name of his kid was one of the years he had a child and he said i don't want to give that information it's a name of your child like open up like he was even and he did a weekly show with these guys for like 10 years eight 10 years like he knows those guys. Like, you could open up with them and he wouldn't even do that. So exactly. why is he gonna open up in the booth? Like I don't I never got that from him. And I okay, so now we can he obviously granted ESPN the greatest wish they could ever get with uh, with Witten coming out with him coming out of the booth and going out of the field. And he said the fire burns inside to play football, this and that. Um which is fine. I thought honestly the news would be for him to coach. Like, I have major questions on what type of shape is he in? How is he going to get in the football shape? One, he never, never, even in 2017, his last year, came off the field. I think he played 99% of the snaps that year. Like, he, you had to drag him off the field. Witten, this year, after taking a year off, he's going to want to go back in and play every single snap. That is not, that cannot happen. He cannot play every single snap at tight end. Like, is he ready to take a reduced role?
1: I mean, I think he's going to – I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a reality check. Obviously, he's gotta had to have spoken with uh, Jason Garrett and Stephen Jones and some other guys just to kind of see what his role would be if he did come back. Um, so, you know, maybe they gave him some kind of reassurance that, hey, yeah, you'll be the guy, or, hey, this is what your role is going to be, and he accepted it. Um, but I agree with what kind of shape he's going to be in. I mean, he was already a guy that was getting banged up a lot at the end of his career anyway. Taking a year off and being another year older – you know a lot of times people say, "Well, you know, he took a year off his body, he was able to get healthy. he was able but i mean you still there's still I'm sure he's still working out. I'm sure he's still you know eating right and all that stuff, but it's different being you know, you always hear football shape versus being just being in shape, so it'll be interesting to see I just hope that he doesn't go down with some kind of you know torn hamstring or, or quad strain or growing pool or something to where it's like he you know, we're either either he doesn't make it out of training camp or we're like week three, week four, week five and he's, you know either on IR or, or is hanging him up again because he just can't stay healthy or can't come back from a certain injury. Yeah, I think it's gonna I think it's a tall mountain for him to climb. Uh, but I mean, hey, who am I to stop a guy if this is what he wants to do? But again, like you said, he I think he's going to need to take a reduced role. Um, we said just, just this past Sunday we were talking about how a tight end position is somewhere that uh, the Cowboys offense need to upgrade. And they need some stability at that position. Again He's reliable, or he was reliable his, his whole career. I just don't know how reliable he'll be to be, like you said, either an every down guy or be the tight end. He's probably going to have to, they're probably going to have to either go to a two tight end system or, or something to where he's splitting time with somebody. Yeah, I I just, it's almost,
0: this is more of the, the Jason Witten, like, obviously, if he came back, the only place he was going was the Cowboys. But, like, this is him satisfying, like, he said he wants to make one more run at a championship, and he feels like the Cowboys are going to be able to do that this year. Um, like, this is just more of a self-pleasing type of thing. And, uh, like I said, he's he needs to take a reduced role. He cannot play every single snap. And Jarwin, look, was coming on strong late last year. Then he got hurt. And I do think the one thing, if we're looking at positives here, I do think the I I shouldn't I I'm curious as is he going to walk right in there and then just expect to be the leader he was when he left 100% Because yeah and I think he is but I don't think you can just do that like you have to gain that respect back I feel like cuz some guys in the boot in the locker room could be like you left us you left us for those couple of, for for that year like you retired you said you were done and now you're just coming back after a year off like okay and I understand his thing of, like, I thought I was I was ready to retire. I want to retire a year early and not a year later. Okay, but now you're coming back. Like, I feel like he's going to need to gain some respect, but I do think this could help from the leadership standpoint in the locker room. I think that can be a positive. But I just, on the football field, I don't know how he's going to be. Like, I feel like Cowboy fans were expecting Witten when he was catching 95 balls in back-to-back seasons in 2009, 2010 when he's getting 1,000 yards. And, like, being... A hundred, a hundred catch guy. Like, what are we expecting Jason Witten He he did catch seventy balls and sixty three balls his last in sixteen and seventeen. Okay, but he hasn't averaged eleven yards of catch since twenty fourteen. He his, his yards per catch drops a ton. Like, what are we ex? What are we expecting out of this guy? And it's a it's a nice story. Don't get me wrong, but like, I mean, everybody was all all good with with the Romo
1: Witten era of the Cowboys ending yeah I, that's exactly what it was like you said you know <laughs> Romo retired a year uh before waiting and then it kind of seemed like the torch was being passed to Dak and Zeke and some of these younger cats that were taking over um and uh, you know to your point about the leadership role I think I don't know if it's going to have a negative effect on Dak but I think him becoming the leader that you want your franchise quarterback to be will take a hit you know, if Witten comes in and expects to be the guy in the locker room, you know, the the rah rah leader, I think that's going to take a huge hit on Dak. I think if Witten or not, I don't. When he comes back, when Witten comes back, not only is going to have to take a reduced role on the field, but he's going to have to maybe take a back seat to Dak and let Dak be the leader of this team and just kind of be there as like, um, you know, like, like a like a second sergeant or something like that. You know, kind of just have have Dak's back and and be there. To help him be the leader, but not be the leader, if that makes sense. Dak will be the leader of the team and, and Witten just kind of takes that reduced role in the locker room. I mean, the guy obviously has what 10-15 years of experience in, in the NFL. Um, and he's been through ups and downs with this organization, but the torch has been passed. Everyone had moved on. Everyone, you know, Rum was doing his thing in the booth. We thought Witten was was uh you know doing the same thing, not quite to the same level. But now it's it, I think he's definitely gonna have to take that that reduced role in the locker room as well and as far as his production on the field i think well how, how many yards did he have in his last year i know you had to pull it up 600 there. and okay uh, perfect that's exactly what was like I was.
0: 690 i think uh,
1: my uh, i was gonna say you know if we if we, you can get you know maybe 40 50 catches I mean, maybe even that might even be high. It was
0: 560 for 63 catches, so he was at 8.9.
1: Okay, perfect. So, yeah, see, that's kind of where I was shooting, like maybe 40, 50 catches for right around 500 yards or maybe a little bit more. I mean, even that might be a lot, maybe... You know, 60, 70 catches, but that's a lot of catches too. I just I just don't think the yardage is going to be there. Maybe the catches are there because who knows what's going to happen with the wide, wide receiver position with Terrence Williams being gone. Cole Beasley kind of a question. Michael Gallup coming on as a big deep threat and obviously Amari Cooper getting a lot of targets. I don't know if um, the yardage is going to be there for him. I think maybe the targets and the looks just depending on how much time he is on the field and if he can stay healthy, if he can kind of get the motor going again after it being off for a full year. It's definitely going to add a whole other storyline to this Cowboys season and you know the fact that he thinks that the Cowboys can make a run at the championship the, you know they're got there like we said they're they're in cap trouble and they're going to have to sign some guys to kind of get back there and uh, I don't know if they did if make the a-
0: NFC or the NFC divisional round and yeah they do not the game was Dominated by the Rams, but they still were only lost by eight. And like, you think
1: Jason Wynn's gonna no, put them I'm over not, the edge? No, no, yeah, I'm okay. not. That's, I'm yeah, that's not what I'm say- saying right. But no. I'm just saying, like, I, I just don't. I, just, I don't think this Cowboys team right now is a championship ready team with as many teams as there are ahead of them.
0: I don't know if I would say they're not championship ready. I think they can make another run they did this year in it. Like, oh, you know, he's got... not coming
1: back to make the divisional round.
0: No, but he's thinking, okay, this team went. Uh, this team went to the divisional round. And the young guys are got a year on year more experience under them, and so you're going to bring back Lawrence. We think you're going to have Van Esch and Jalen Smith under another year, uh, ready to go. We're going to just there. He just feels like he feels like Dak. Maybe is going to take a step forward, and he feels like he could help this team make a run. I mean, that's that's what he, that he that's what he thinks he can do.
1: I mean, yeah, that more power to him. But I just. I just I don't know if this is gonna be the best move for him. Obviously, you know who am I to who am I? I'm just here, a guy giving my opinion. But it's definitely a head scratching move. Um, and like I said, I think if Cowboy fans are expecting Jason Witten of 2013, 2014, 2015, you know I think they're they're gonna be sorely mistaken because that's not what they're gonna be getting at all. He might be you know a two down guy. Um, he might like you said maybe he wants to be out there every every snap, but we'll, we'll we'll see what his what his role is on this team. I mean he can't be out there every snap. He, I, I are you saying that physically or just like as no, from a football from, standpoint? Okay, okay, I just physically, to, yeah.
0: I think he can he can thinks he can play every single snap, and that's what he did. From a game plan X's and O standpoint, he cannot be out there for ninety five percent. If he is out there eighty percent of the snaps, I think that is too much. I think he needs to play sixty. If if his number like he needs to play around sixty percent of the snaps. Like there's no way the first of all the NFL is going away from two tight end sets anyways. Oh, 100%. And they're going to three wide, one tight end even at that, maybe just a running back. Like they're going from tight ends kind of in general. So and now we're going to bring Witten back in and he might not even be the best tight end on the team depending what happens and I, it, it's just from an X's and O standpoint. If he is, if if he is just expecting to do the same things he did in twenty seventeen when he was last year and walk right in and yeah, I'm playing every snap, this and that, it is going to be an absolute failure. And I just wonder in his mind if he, if he can take a role reducel at this time. Like, can he do that, or what? What is in his mind? What is he expecting out of this season? Does he want to, like, what? My biggest question is, what is he? wanting out of this season and can he accept a reduced role? And I honestly think he needs to go in the locker room and like, this is a completely new signing. Like you can't even look at what he did two years ago. Like this is Jason Witten. We know he's a team legend, whatever we have to scrap back. We have to just scrape, scrape away what he did the previous 16 years of his career with the Cowboys. And this is the new start. Like he needs to come in as a new player and then do that stuff. Like you can't, which is not what the Cowboys are going to do. They're going to play favorites to him, but they can't. I get he wants to come back and play, and I'm not faulting him for that. I just don't know if he's going like, to... Can he mold into the team and what they want him to do without him like getting mad if he has to play less snaps and do all this other stuff?
1: Well, yeah, that's why I'm going back to saying... You know, we're obviously going to have to wait for the press conference to to see what he thinks his role is going to be, what kind of role he wants to take, or maybe if, if he already had pre-discussions with Garrett and Stephen Jones and some of the other, uh, you know, maybe Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator yeah. now, kind of see what his role was going to be if this was going to be a move that he wanted to make. And I'm sure if... I just okay. I, I just hope that the Cowboys don't think that this solves their need for a tight end. I hope that this is just like a, a complementary role, and you know yeah, whether yeah w- whether it's bringing black bringing back <laughs> Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz or or whoever it may be. Um, I just hope that they don't think that this is filling that void or filling that need, because then that's going to be mistake number one. That is that that then this thing is doomed from the jump. So as long as he's coming in as a complementary piece to whoever may be tight end with him, whether they kind of run you know a, a, a tight end by committee where he's flip flopping with whoever it may be splitting time evenly, because uh, like you said, two tight end sets are really getting more rare and rare as as we move into the the you know future of the NFL. Um, so I'm, I'm sure he has a good idea. hopefully it isn't like you said that he's going to be an every down every snap guy uh, but I guess I guess we'll, we'll see what that is once the press conference comes at, when you know once they have the press conference I'm sure somebody's gonna have to ask that question of of what his role is going to be what he wants it to be and, and ask Jason Garrett the same thing yeah and how he's gonna handle during the season Well we're all expecting him that he's gonna be healthy too like what if his
0: what if his body just can't handle it exactly. like like, like, what if he, what if, what if it just can't happen? Like, what if he can't have the same workload and have, have, have the same grind that he's been doing? I know, like, you think he's going to be a little fresher a year off, but like, say it just doesn't work. Like, that's enough. Like, I just feel like we're just assuming he's going to be healthy. And I mean, we hope he is I'm not rooting injury on it. I'm just, you, you got to think of all of these things. I just, I, at first thought, I almost think it creates more problems I than, it, than it really I than it really needs, and like you're gonna be excited when one of your team legends comes back to your team. I under, but I, I first first, my first reaction was, why is he coming back, and does this even help them? And I don't even think this helps them that much. I'd rather much have Jay Sternberger play tight end for the Cowboys than than. Witten absolutely or any of like any get the any of the guys from the, the two dudes from Iowa even though those guys are probably going in the first round and you have no chance of getting them but there are so many other tight ends I would feel much rather I feel more comfortable with than Jason Witten coming out of the broadcast booth but I mean he's not in the Monday night football booth so we can play hallelujah joy to the world if yeah. we want so that's I guess exciting news there um, all right
1: do you have anything else on that no, that's really it. I just I we'll we'll see what, what what plays out. And like you said, I think this does cause cause more issues, um, than it helps. And uh I guess I guess one other thing, you know, like we were we're talking about the, the one year off does the body a little good. I think that's better when you're twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, thirty one. Not when you're going from playing at thirty five, you whole skip a whole year and you come back. He's gonna be thirty seven in May, so I don't know how much that really helps the body, especially as a football player, especially as a tight end who's caught so many balls over his career, uh, who's taken big hits, who's been injury prone and has had you know trouble staying healthy before. Um, I guess that's yet to be seen. One positive, I think, though, um, he'll get to show off that fancy hairpiece on the sideline.
0: Yeah, no, what's gonna happen? He's gonna have to wear like a headband or a deer. There's no way the hair. The skull cap. The skull cap. That hair is is gonna hurt. In the helmet, there's no way that rug is gonna be able. to. I mean, that is that is gonna hurt.
1: They're gonna need a custom helmet for that. The Jason Witten skull cap to protect the uh, the hair piece. Um, a little marketing idea there for you. I think if
0: they if when he goes in his locker and there is not fake hair or or before and after pictures of his hair in his locker just to welcome back to the team, they have failed. Yeah, I don't, right know, they I, have don't know, I don't know if that's going to happen. Who's going to be the guy that does that? Oh, I don't know. Someone. You do you want to claim name on it. How about yeah. Garrett do it? How about Garrett do oh, it? Oh, yeah. Just saying. We need we need jokes. We need the Jason Witten hair joke series. You This is but he missed a camaraderie. Yeah. That's the camaraderie of getting you getting roasted for having fake hair.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it, it's going to be funny to see, uh, you know, if they if, – if the hairpiece plays a factor in his comeback, I mean, or how not, it does.
0: He's not going to be as aerodynamic, <laughs> that's for sure. All right, we'll jump into college basketball here. We are a couple weeks away uh, from the conference tournaments, and March, man, is starting later this year. 21st and 22nd is the official first and second round. That is late. That's real late. That is late this year, which is fine, which is fine. I'm not complaining about it. It just seems later uh this year than it is in the past and we can go broad here uh if you want i don't know what you wanted to talk i think you want to talk a little zion well yeah we um, we're
1: talking you know on sunday yeah. kind of a, a little bit about it ran out of time um you know we we're talking about the whole should he sit should he play thing and we both agreed that if his injury would have been worse you know maybe a grade two grade three knee strain um, then maybe he sits out, maybe come back for the tournament. Um, but I think since he seems like he should be good to go, he's missed the last two games. Coincidentally, they've obviously lost the last two games. Um, uh, you no, know, they
0: won on Saturday, but they, they, they lost the last.
1: But they lost, one. but they lost, uh, the last was last night or Tuesday. Tuesday. The last Tuesday um, to Virginia Tech. Yes, Virginia and, uh, Tech. So you know, I think he once he comes back, they should get things rolling again. What I really wanted to touch on, and I don't know if we can come, you know, bring this back around, is the whole NBA wanting to change the the league age to eighteen. So maybe we can talk a little a little NCAA, and then we can come back to that. We can
0: save that. Let's save that for Sunday. Okay. Let's get a segment. Uh, we'll we'll talk NBA league, uh, the the age change potential on Sunday. Um, give a segment there, but. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me, I the Zion thing is I feel like people are doing the Zion should sit out because we see the football players and bowl games sit out. Mm -hmm. And to me, it is not even like a comparable situation. Like in a bowl game, it's a meaningless exhibition for people to watch and for people to gamble on. Like That's pretty much what it's for. Mm -hmm. It's a meaningless and advertising money and advertising money and for because it's just something that's been a tradition of the college football season uh, Mm of what started out with four bowl games. Now we're up to forty. Like it's just, uh, hey, this is nice. You'll go to a bowl game. That you, if you're playing, like you never see guys sit out if they're playing in a college football playoff, right? Because they're winning, they're going for the national title. What they're going for, Zion isn't going to sit out. Cause he's trying to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. Like I say, like oh, we need to do what he do in the NFL. No, I mean, he's gonna play. He wants to play. Like I don't even feel like that's a comparable situation. Though, well, college football. No, that's not. That's not the same. It's like this is not the same.
1: It'd be like if you know. Obviously, this probably would never happen or not. Have, but if like Duke was going to the NIT then th- yes, you know, that's, that, that's what you can compare it to. Totally but, fine. But I, when they're going to the big dance of the tournament and they have a legitimate shot yeah. to win the national championship, he plays.
0: Like if he sat out the NIT, I don't think anyone would have a problem no, with that. Like all. nobody would have a problem. If any of those Duke guys sat out. They wouldn't have a problem. That's why like the whole thing, I don't understand. I like, I don't understand what... You're saying he's going to sit out, like, whoa. okay, to protect his enemy. He's going number one overall no matter what. He could have tore his ACL, and he's still going number yes, one. Yes, he is going number one no matter what. Like, that is the thing, which I I couldn't understand that about. But I want to talk about Duke, the Duke team. Uh-huh. They stink without Zion. Which is wild. And they are because they have Reddit R.J. Barrett, who was the number one recruit, high, more highly recruited than – Than Zion, and Cam Reddish, Uh who was, like, what, number three? Yep. And then they had Trey Jones, who was, like, number five. Yep. And Cam Reddish and Trey Jones, I think if you gave them a rack of basketballs, 25 in each spot for threes, they would miss 20. I mean, they cannot make a three-pointer. And Trey Jones is shooting 19% from three. Like, that's terrible.
1: Yeah, that's tough. Uh, because, I mean, of uh, both those guys, you know, uh, uh, Cam Reddish for sure. Like you said, he was the high – or maybe maybe he was – I can't remember. Either him or Zion were two and three. They, they were flipped. I can't – you know, they're right yeah, there. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, Cam You know all the highlights you saw him were were making threes in in high school. Uh, you know, being able to drive the lane and, and you know use his athleticism against guys. And and really, it's been Zion that's been taking over the show and has shown his athleticism. He's shown he can shoot a little bit. He can pass the ball pretty well too. And Trey Jones too. I mean, he was supposed to be come in and be kind of like the linchpin, the guard for this uh this freshman class that was so spectacular. And he was really, like I said, shooting 19% is tough, especially the way the NBA is going now. You need a scoring point guard. Most point guards are scoring point guards at this point. And right now it doesn't look like his game is going to be translating too well to the NBA as far as that goes, as far as the shooting goes. But it's it's a Because he's
0: a really good defender. Yeah, exactly. He's an
1: incredible defender. Very, very good. So, you know, the – the fact that they just look like a completely different team without Zion is wild to me, and what what a big impact. I mean, obviously we saw his athleticism um, defensively, the way he can close out on guys, Zion, and um, you know the grabbing rebounds uh, uh, both on on both sides of the floor. So he he's a difference maker, no doubt. I mean, I'm not really breaking news here, but it's just crazy had to see what a different team they look like without him.
0: Yeah, and Cam Reddish has. He's been struggling all year long. He's definitely been the number three guy between him, R.J. Barrett, and Zion. And he's had, a, he's had trouble adjusting to that role, I feel like, at the beginning of the season. But I thought when Zion was out, he would be. He could be able to just, hey, this is the time I've just been kind of waiting to go. And he had a very nice game against Syracuse. I think he put up like 27 points, and he, he had a nice game. But to me, there are just sometimes I've watched a lot of Duke this year, and Reddish, to me, excuse me just I don't get what I see like he looks out of control going to the hoop and then he'll just have a great play like he's just it's just inconsistent just wildly inconsistent it's I just don't get it and I don't think Duke's gonna win the title I know people and I'm not just saying this because they're playing bad but they cannot make threes I mean they they just cannot they can't make a three-pointer it's unbelievable they other than RJ Barrett making threes they got nobody. And maybe that Alex O'Connell that that see. The C the, the the seemingly white guy on Duke that can make a three pointer out of that guy looks like he's about fourteen years old too. Yeah. His body is not filled out at all. But I just I I don't if Zion has a bad game and they can't shoot, they are getting cooked in the tournament.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean I still I still like their chances quite a bit. Um in the tournaments now when they come up to playing against teams like you know maybe Tennessee who's had a nice decent run here uh lately after they fell down to I think number five well, actually, I actually think they're down to number seven now I'm I'm cooling on Tennessee um so you know once they start I mean they've, they've played well against other ACC teams they um, have. you know uh, with the exception of the North Carolina game I think Zion going out you know it, it shook a lot of these guys and so that's that was why uh, we saw the the outcome we did there. Obviously, drop into a game to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's very good, game, a very good team. Um, but yeah, if they run into a team like Virginia, who can defend really well and can actually put the ball in the hoop this year, unlike previous years, Virginia can actually score the ball. I think that's where they might slip up. Um, Alex O'Connell, like you said, he, he was kind of the uh, he was kind of the hero. I think on on Saturday, uh, he was to uh, to take the win. That was that was a Syracuse game, right? Yeah. Um, he he was the the hero there, which is not what you expect at all um, for, for the guy to take over the game, but you know, they always say the old cliche, the old adage, good teams find a way to win games. That's what Duke did uh, Saturday. Granted, it was against Syracuse um, who was going kind of going through their own stuff, or at least Jim Boeheim was of their own, so who knows how much that had an effect on their game, but... Uh, I, I mean, I still like Duke's, Duke's chances to at least make the Elite Eight or Final Four. I know they're shooting for it all, but, uh, you know, they're definitely going to have to grind and work for it, like you said, especially if their shooting isn't, isn't uh, up to par with some of these other teams. I'll tell you um, what. I love Kentucky. They are under the radar,
0: number one team in the country this year. Coach Cal putting it all together right now. P.J. Washington is my guy in the draft. Late later in the later in the first round. I mean, I love Kentucky, and they are just sitting on. I mean, they're they're probably going to be a one seed, which I don't know if you could call them a sleeper, but no one's talking about them. Right? They are sliding right under the radar, they got off to a slow start. Of the they season. did, which is great. Now they're getting their rhythm right now. Love them. You could have got them at twelve to or fourteen to one to win the national title. Wow. Two weeks ago, mm-hmm. some guy got them at that right here. So love Kentucky. Tennessee's kind of falling back a little bit. They actually played some good teams, and they've struggled. So I, that's a little concerning to me. But broadly, college basketball-wise, uh, I got a couple more teams I really like. Who, who are your uh, – just before we wrap this up, who are some teams you might not – like Houston is so good. Their defense is, is su- suffocating. Really love Marquette. I think they're going to be poised to make a nice tournament run earlier on or um, as people aren't really talking about them and uh, those are kind of my two teams that I'm watching Uh,
1: for. One team that I like that, I mean, this isn't going to be, uh, again, earth-shattering news, I like Gonzaga. Gonzaga, I mean, they're always there. They always get it done. They're playing really good right now. Um, they're always that sleeper team. I mean, not a sleeper, but, you know, they're they're not always on everybody, the casual basketball fans' radar because they always play uh, later. I do like Houston a lot. Houston um, has been playing really well. I think they started off 15-0, and 16-0 to start the season. They've um, lost one game. Yeah. And it was on a charge call
0: at the know,
1: at the end. Because I had I, money on Houston. I know, and I had mm-hmm. money
0: on Temple. It was against
1: Temple. Yeah. Um, so... uh that that's another team, and uh, I do like Marquette. Marquette's been playing really well, but as bad as Villanova had, well, not I shouldn't say bad, but Villanova's been very up and down. Uh, you know, it, it's been it's been they've been a tough watch. I, I think that's a team that um is is going to have a nice little run in them uh, to at least make the Elite Eight. I think uh, come tournament time.
0: Yeah, all right. Is, do you have anything else? Oh, one,
1: yeah. one other team, even though they just lost, K-State. K-State's playing really well. K-State they, is I mean, playing they, well. They lost to Kansas, but it was in Allen Fieldhouse, so you know everybody loses there, can't knock it there, and it was a close game. Um, but uh, K-State's playing really well, kind of getting back to, I think, the K-State basketball program that they were used to uh, in the early 2000s into like, 2010, 2011 time period. Yeah, they're good, and there's a lot of bad. Like I feel like...
0: This is a this is the year for the mid major to come up and like get in the tournament as like as good like you got Wofford who's twenty fourth Buffalo solid uh, tournament tested proven team as they won a game last year like you got some teams in the mid majors that if you like can just make a run late you're you'll be able to knock off some of these power five teams because like the Big Ten in the middle is not very good. And like there are teams, I just feel like there are not a lot of very good teams, college basketball this year. Like normally, you're like, oh, th- this team should be fighting in, and they could no. a lot of these teams are
1: terrible. Right. Yeah. We don't. Yeah, we don't see a lot of the the big mid, uh, you know, big mid majors. I know that's kind of an oxymoron there that we usually do. Um, Davidson's played played decently well. Uh, you know, so there there's a, that's a team you can throw in there. Uh, so you know, other than other than that, I, I mean, I I could probably if I had stats or, or or records in front of me, I could probably pick out a couple other teams, but just but, off the top of my head is for, as far as what I've been watching, you know, nobody really comes to mind of of, of somebody that might make a who was it, Loyal Marymount last year made a little uh, little run? Loyal to Chicago. Loyal to Chicago. No, but what
0: I was saying what I guess what I meant to say is like people were still talking before Indiana lost to Purdue last week mm. that Indiana if they win X amount of games coming for Indiana was two and ten, and there was like four and ten in the Big Ten. Yeah, and they were like twelve and thirteen. Like, no, you should not have an outside chance to make the tournament at that record. I guess that's what. And like, you look at the SEC; we're gonna have like eight teams in the SEC in the middle of the road, and there are teams there that probably like aren't even there. There's a lot of teams that are average this year, and this is the time for the mid majors to strike. And the mid majors just outside of Wofford and Buffalo aren't really like striking like wichita state's cold this year like all these teams that we get used to st mary's is ice cold this year like there's no other team in the wcc like maybe san francisco at the beginning like just just oh you're just it's just kind of frustrating for a mid-major guy like myself Or like we this is the time we could get in at the 11s and the 12 season at 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 large bids more than just a one-bid conference and it's just
1: it's just blah. It's just right. blah. There's nothing. One team I'd like to see make it a mid major is Murray State. Mostly yes, because yes. of, of Job Morant. You know, he's expected to be uh, a lottery pick, top three, top four pick uh, in the draft. So I think I think a guy like that needs to be in the tournament. He's electric. Um yeah, I think he's the only freshman in the league averaging a double double in points and assists. Yeah. Um. So, or only guy in the country, I should say, uh, averaging a double double in points and assists. Uh, excuse me, the only freshman in the country averaging a double double in points and assists. So, a guy like that, you know, to get some shine, to you know, maybe play a couple extra two three games for Murray State, I think would be great, and it'd be great for the country to see him because, like I said, you know, Murray State. Unless you're you're a big college basketball fan, you're probably not watching a whole lot of Murray State basketball or following John Morant uh, as a whole. So I I would really like to see them uh, sneak in there, you know, as maybe a, a ten to fourteen seat or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: the Ohio—they were on ESPN a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, out Valentine's of the, Day. Yes, out of the Ohio Valley. So, all right, that's going to wrap it up here on this Thursday. We'll be back on Sunday, as we mentioned. We'll talk about the NBA uh, year—the rule, the or the proposal to drop the
1: year down to
0: enter the NBA draft. We'll touch on. Where we're
1: gonna break the combine down, every yeah. offensive lineman uh, stats and measurements. I'm buying
0: in-flight Wi-Fi to watch, uh, to watch every forty, every forty ran because offensive linemen you need to know their forty time. Yeah. So we'll have that. A lot of other stuff planned on Sunday. Uh, Ryan, good stuff as always, and we will talk to you guys Sunday night on Talk Radio 1190.